Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in on uh, Everything Recruitment. This is the first podcast and this is your host, Weda. I'm today here with Lag, who used to be my colleague. He has been a great colleague, I have great work experience with him. And I invited him today to discuss recruitment as he's very experienced and he is very passionate. So Lack, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Reda. It's good to, good to touch base again with you and looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So today I wanted to introduce you. So basically you were telling me that you started out as a recruiter and uh, now you moved into recruitment sales. Uh, maybe do you want to take a minute or two to give us a... An overview of your experience? Sure. Um, in in the recruitment side or in the recruitment agency side, I've been I've been working for about twelve years. So uh, Radstad is the third company I've been with. Um, over the years, I've gained a lot of experience over you know working with different recruiters and different companies and uh, all, obviously contractors and um, so it, it, within the IT uh, sector. And, um, uh, and so a lot of my experience has come from there. And previous to that, um, I've been lucky enough to work in the IT sector, uh, in, uh, in sales and management and, uh, service management and stuff like that. So, uh, within the hardware, uh, aspect of, of technology, uh, selling and servicing and, and, and whatnot. So I was always involved in the technology side Then I got into the, uh, the recruitment and then when I became a recruiter, I was also kind of supervising some other recruitment teams um, and then moved to a different company where you and I worked. And uh, and then I was doing uh, just strictly recruitment. And then I came over here that, to Randstad uh, where I was a recruitment, then 360, and now account management um, of, uh, of their various uh, public sector clients that we deal with. Amazing. So you have a lot of experience, 10 plus years, and especially in IT. Uh, yeah. What do you like the most about recruitment? Like, I think you and I are in the same same side. I think there's a passion for this uh, position. Um, we like dealing with people. We like interacting with people, um, which, which really is, is really important uh, if you're going to become a recruiter. Um, you know, you build relationships. That's a big thing for me. And, uh, I think, uh, I think you and I, like I said, we talked before, we are very passionate about that building relationships is very important and we get to do that as a recruiter, um, and working in this in industry, we do that on a, um, on an everyday basis. And some of our relationships have been going on for, you know, decades now, uh, over a decade now. So now this is what, what I really enjoy. I really enjoy the recruitment side. I enjoy helping people find the next contract or the next permanent position or whatever, but I actually enjoy working on it. And now I get to work with vendors um, and build that relationship from a vendorship site. So it, it, um, you just keep going with the, the relationship building side. Yeah, no, I agree. And like you said, we spoke about that earlier. I think uh, yeah. building and maintaining those relationships, either yeah. with uh, candidates, uh, contractors, or with uh, the vendors as well, the clients, I think uh, yeah. it's uh, it's paramount to, to what we do, uh, regardless of uh, where we are, uh, geographically speaking, or in which industry we change. 
Um, but right now you're in the staffing industry. So are you still hiring people through contracts and a full-time permanent position? And is it you that basically onboard people and help them finding job or is this the recruiter's job? So now it's, uh, really, a, um, it's a, it's a recruiter side of, of the onboarding side. So, so when they find, um, uh, a, like I, I bring in the job descriptions or the roles from the vendor, uh-huh. um, I put them into our system. Um, and then I get the recruiters to work on the roles and then the recruiters will send me the resumes and that they feel that that best fits the, the, the job description. And then from there, I go into determining um, and reviewing the resumes and determining if they are actually a fit for this position. Where the where the understanding become or where the our experience, I guess yours and mine, comes in is knowing what the client is looking for, knowing what the resume says, and then kind of pairing the job description with that resume and see if which one is the best fit right and that takes a little bit of experience over time you build that up um but over time yeah you kind of understand like that we can go through resumes within what 30 seconds to see if they're going to be a fit right like we can do it pretty fairly quickly some people starting into the industry probably may not be able to do it quickly Mm -hmm. but obviously it's it's a skill like you just kind of train yourself on right obviously so um, so yeah, so I, I, I bring the, the jobs in from the vendor, uh, post them. Then I determine once the, the recruiters have submitted resumes to me, I make sure that they fit the role. If they fit, then I forward it to the, to the, um, to, to the, the vendor contacts that we have. Amazing. And so speaking about scanning the resumes and submitting it over to the vendor, what makes the difference between a great resume and a not so great resume, especially right now, you know, the clients are so much more demanding, the market has changed. So what would you say to candidates to make sure that, you know, their resume is great and can stand out? So when we're looking at resumes, the ones that kind of pop out are the ones that are easy to read, Uh right? Um, There's the the language that they're using is uh i mean obviously they're technical people so they're going to be putting technical um but the ones that kind of explain their what they've been doing within the job uh or the different projects that they worked on the ones that um give a little a detail on that for a perspective but the resume needs to flow properly you know the jobs the dates the locations you know, the summary that they put in, all of that, their experiences. Um, it, it has to just be very, very simple, but detailed. And those are the ones that that, that vendors, uh, the clients that we deal with, they'll look at because it's easy for them to read. The other thing is that they need, need to remember is when you're looking at a resume or when you're, recommend, you're talking to a, a, a potential candidate, they need to address the job description. They need to be able to show that if the client is looking for apples, the resume needs to show them apples, right? And they need to be detailed enough that they can see, hey, you know, if we're looking for a project manager that uh, with experience with deploying SAP, mm-hmm. uh, which is an ERP system, a financial system, 
then the resume needs to have SAP and, and showing that this person actually is a project manager, but also has worked in the, uh, the area that the client is looking for. So when we're reviewing resumes, we're reviewing based on, um, how the flow of the resume is. It's not crazy. It's easy to read a lot of detail in the resume. Um, and we can also see the, that the person has addressed the requirements. Um, that they they that they think that fit the the job description, right? So that's what I would look for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then, would you say that the contractors or the future employees have to necessarily adapt their resumes according to each application? In other words, having a resume for each single position they are applying for. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You can't be sending a generic resume to every job. Trust me, I've done that. <laughs> no callback at all. Um, you, you, yeah. You, when you're when you're sending a resume in on a generic, like just somebody do just submitting a resume to a company mm-hmm. or a potential job that might happen. Okay, that's fine. But if you're if you're submitting your resume to a specific job that you saw online or you talked to the recruiter about or something, then yes, hundred percent. You have to under ten percent actually that you have to address job description that that you're applying for and that job description next time that uh this the same recruiter or another recruiter calls you there might be variations in the job description Mm -hmm. so you can't send the same job uh the same resume that you submitted to one job or the one that they called you about now It, it doesn't work you have to be able to express yourself in different ways you can't just you can't be very strict on not changing the resume. It can't, it doesn't work like that. I agree. Right? And a lot of people fail, I think, from lo- looking when they're looking for jobs. A lot of people will fail and they'll keep sm- submitting resumes mm-hmm. over and over and over again, the same resume. Um, and they will fail all the time because they're not addressing the needs of the clients, the project or the role that they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important is to see yourself when you are a candidate as a problem solver and you are here to join the company to address an issue that they have. So really looking at those requirements are so important. And I think also another thing that I see a lot is a lot of people, they send generic resumes and I don't know if they think like that, but it's kind of like a guess game. So they're like, yeah. hey, here's my resume, but it doesn't have the details. It doesn't really tell me exactly the technologies that you've used. Or if there is a list of skills, then, you know, it's at the bottom or at the top, but you don't necessarily know where they've used it and with which projects, with how many people, to what extent. Is it a deployment? Um, is it customer service? Is it within the sales? So giving all those details is very, very important, I think, because a lot of the resumes, when you look at it, you think like question mark, like, okay, you've used this technology and you have X yeah. of experience, but it's not until I will speak with you that I will really understand what you've been doing. And I don't necessarily have the bandwidth to take half an hour and speak with you and do the interview. So please. Do me a favor, and if you can have all the details on your resume, that would really help me. It's kind of like help me help you, basically. A hundred percent, and and that's that's the biggest thing. I I think 
people think in their own mind, a lot of contractors and or resources in general, and everybody that's listening, um, they've some some just feel that they've done the best resume that they can, and that's not the case. Um, there's always better resume than better ways of doing something. So they should be they need to keep um, um, you know uh, abreast of all of the new things people are adding to the resume or new, um, you know, whatever they, they're working on, keep it updated, all that stuff. They need to be able to like, one of the things is that, um, like if you're, if you're sending a resume over and over again, and you're not getting a callback, um, and you're, it's the same resume, then there's an issue with it, right? Like there's something on with it. Um, so you have to be cognizant about that, but you know, like, a lot of clients, I mean, you have to think that a vendor, um, like for, for example, I have one client, one of my colleagues has a client and they have nine, I think nine or 10 vendors, oh, yeah. right? So nine or 10 vendor, uh, nine or 10 vendors, one client that has nine or 10 vendors, right? So nine or 10 vendors, each one submits, say three resumes. Right. And that's, that's because they've given us a limit. There's clients out there that'll just keep submitting your resume, you know, whatever they can get. You might have a couple hundred resumes sitting there. So if you're, if your resume doesn't speak to the job that you're applying for, there's three, 400 resumes sitting on in a pile in an email. I shouldn't even say pile anymore, but in an email, which one are they going to go look at? The ones that fit the role or the ones that are not fitting the role? So they have, they have plenty to choose from. Absolutely. So why not take the extra time, the 10, 15 minutes or the, or the hour or whatever, before you submit the resume and actually address the goal? Yeah. And sometimes it's even more than 10 vendors. Some clients, it's 20 or 30. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when you're on vendor calls, vendor calls, basically, it's uh, when you, the supplier, Randstad or any other company, you're there and you're talking with uh, the client, basically. Uh, sometimes you're like 25, 30 vendors yeah. and they submit yeah. each five or 10 resumes. So hundreds of resumes have been sent out and basically you have to differentiate yourself. It's really That's important. Right. And let me flip that around then too. Yeah. So if I have, I have a vendor mm -hmm. that has, uh, oh, sorry, I have a client that has, I keep using vendor and client. I have a client that has four vendors, mm -hmm. four different recruitment companies. We're only allowed to send three resumes to them. So that's four times three is 12. So the max that they will look at is 12 resumes, max. So if I have my recruiters working on it and they submit, you know, each, each of the recruiters spend, submits like maybe five, 10 resumes to me, I will pick top three. So anybody that doesn't fit the role, like they may be the best resumes that I could find, yeah. that the, my recruiters can find, I have to choose the top, top three. three yeah. so if you're not addressing everything in that resume or in the job description, then I'm not going to forward it over to the client. Uh -huh. So think from that point of view, if you, if you think from that point of view that you'd have to I have to whittle down from, you know, maybe five, 10 resumes that, that submissions that I get into three submissions. Mm -hmm. And there is one bank that we deal with and they only have allowed for two resumes per. So 
it even goes even further down. So I have to pick two. <laughs> Top quality over quantity. And uh, I think, yeah, for the resume, I think people, they just need to understand that the resume is just there to get them the interview. That's it. That's it. Don't overthink. It's all about the resume is there to get you the interview. So like, how about LinkedIn? A lot of people, they ask me, hey, Reda, I have a LinkedIn profile. I've put a few things, but how should it be different from my resume and what stuff should I put and what stuff should I not put? What would you say about uh, this question? So LinkedIn is really important now. And I think it's becoming more prevalent now in this industry than it ever was. That's because a lot of the like, public sector, a lot of the larger companies, um, they are actually using it as a job posting site now, right? So, um, and they'll actively go and look for you. Like I get a lot of, you know, um, recruitment companies reaching out to me uh, all the time. Um, and uh, and so your, your, your profile needs to be fresh, right? And you need to like the type of picture you use, for example. I mean, you're going to put a professional, it's a professional site. Are you going to put a, a picture of you going fishing, for example. <laughs> I've right? seen that. We've fish, all seen right? that. <laughs> Obviously, right? So you put yeah. a professional picture on there. Make sure that your your profile is updated. Make sure that your resume and the profile that you put in there, like their job descriptions and locations and times, they all jive with with what you've done. Now you can you can leave out probably smaller jobs and stuff, but I would pretty much uh, account for all the time that you you know your professional experience. I would account for pretty much all of the time. Put a little bit more detail. Some people use it as a placeholder. If I don't know, if I don't, if you don't give me detail, I can't call you on the job, right? I can't contact you. Yeah. So put enough against... detail on yeah. that that the people can, or recruitment companies, or anybody looking for a resource can call out after looking at the profile and say, oh, you know what, this guy's a project manager. Uh, he's done such and such and such. Now there's some details in the, each of the jobs, right? So make sure that the the resume and the profile kind of jives correctly together, because every vendor, uh, every company now, mm-hmm. is reviewing your LinkedIn profile before you get a call for an interview. Absolutely, it's it is a screening tool, and it's even yeah. easier to read the LinkedIn profile rather than the resume sometimes because. LinkedIn is quite uniform. It's very easy to read. In five seconds, I can quickly understand who you are, professionally speaking. So definitely a must-have and definitely a great, great opportunity for people to, you know, build their professional platform. I think that's really important. And hiring managers, you know, in my experience, sometimes they don't even look at resumes. I'm like, hey, I submitted John Smith. And uh, have you looked at it? Yeah, yeah, I looked at the resume. And then I talked to them, I was like, oh yeah, I looked at the LinkedIn profile. And you know what? Yeah, Yeah, I think this person, we should be meeting them. So LinkedIn is even, not yet, but overtaking resumes. So not saying, you know, one or the other is more important, but definitely both are extremely, extremely important. They will like, so a lot of companies now will even look at what type of comments you're making. Yeah. What, who you're following, yeah. what groups you're following, what designations or what, uh, who, uh, if, if anybody has given you a, a reference, um, I mean, they're looking at everything. So why not 
So I would highly recommend not making any comment, uh, saying anything on LinkedIn that, that may potentially harm any job. If you're in the, in the job hunt field, uh, you know, and you're looking for a job, I would really, really refrain from people making any uh, derogatory or any remarks or any putting anything because it, it, it will hinder you from, um, from looking for a position. The other thing is that when LinkedIn, uh, when you have a LinkedIn profile, it gives you, it gives you a little bit of, a, um, um, almost like a, a professional profile saying that you actually exist, um, that it's not a fake, uh, profile or it's not a fake resume that we just caught because we get tons of resumes from people that don't have a LinkedIn profile. We pretty much put them aside. Um, and, uh, and, and to be determined later, right. Type of thing, because they don't have a profile on LinkedIn. So we think that, you know, mentally you kind of just think, Hey, okay, you know what, in this day and age, nobody has a LinkedIn profile impossible. Um, they may be fit. And it happened. You heard about the stories for vendors and clients. They hired like five business analysts. None of them were actually qualified to do the job. Uh, they just had uh, very generic names and uh, they were able to get around the interview process, got the job, but after a week they noticed this person doesn't know anything. So yes, that's very important. There are lots of fake profiles as well. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, we're in that, uh, in industry where it shouldn't be, mm -hmm. but we're also in, in determining if our, if our a profile actually exists. Like, unfortunately, that's, that's just the way it is right now. But we're in that industry where we're trying to determine if the person is actually real or not. Absolutely. And that's, like I said, it shouldn't be like that, but you know, we should be freely like it, if in a perfect world, we should be getting a resume, mm -hmm. they fit the role you submit them to the client and they get a job very, everybody's happy. But unfortunately we're, we spend a lot of time trying to determine if the, <laughs> if the profile is actually real or it's too good to be true. So speaking of which, uh, do you ask your recruiters to go through background checks? I mean, do you ask the recruiters to ask uh, the vendor to make uh, background checks or to ask for references? Oh, yeah, there's like a lot of clients that will ask us that. Yeah, and we, we um, it's part of our uh, checks and balances that we have to do anyways. Mm -hmm. So when we submit somebody, uh, we go ahead and, and get their references and everything and you know, all of that. Um, the some clients will require, you know, depending on the job that they're they're going to be or the industry that they're working in, uh, a lot of municipalities or government will require like a background check or something. So, um, so we'll we'll run a background check if the client re requires. Um, but we do we will do reference checks and and make sure those are on file, mm -hmm. so that we know this person actually exists, and that they somebody has some said uh, some good things about them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And references are really kind of weird because uh, when you start talking to them, um, they may be a good reference for the candidate when they sent them over. But when you when we actually start talking to them, they actually open up a little bit more. And what the uh, the candidate thought was a good reference is almost might be uh, might not even give that good um, a good reference for them because. I don't, you know, they don't want to be associated, like, like a lot of references feel that, um, 
that their name might go into the into uh, into the industry where they're just giving good references for everybody, right? Like they just, I just don't feel that um, that uh, I they just don't feel that it's 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 good for them from a professional point of view to be giving references and just because they know the person to just give a good reference, right? Um, so they really have to. <laughs> when you're working in a, in a, in a company, you'll, you really need to have done good work or somebody to give you a good reference. Um, so be cognizant that people need to be cognizant about that too. So. For sure. For sure. And also make sure that the reference is correct and accurate because, uh, you know, you might just give your friend's name and tell them, Hey, give me a great reference. Right. Yeah. We, we also check that out. See, see that's the thing. Like, it's it's the, the it's come to that point where we have to even vet the reference name. So if you're saying this guy's a director of so and so, and he's my he was my boss or supervisor, then you look online and you find them, and then that person was just a colleague, right? They're just a business, you know. Like um, for example, I'm used to using project management as an as an example, mm -hmm. and they were and the reference they got was like a director of so and so. And all of a sudden you look online, you find them and they're just a business analyst that worked underneath the project manager. That doesn't look good, right? Like it, it, it the credibility is gone right away, right? So, yeah. so pick the right references, make sure that you're building relationships to be able to use them as, as references mm -hmm. is one thing I would recommend. Um, you're building a quality, uh, you're doing quality work. As a contractor or even as a permanent employee, mm -hmm. you're doing quality work um, that will resonate with everybody, um, and they would probably reach out to you and say, "Hey, call me if you need a reference." Right? So those people will do that for you right? because you're doing quality work. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, on the accuracy, I remember when you and I were colleagues. Uh, I would always take the references uh, and the email from a corporate email. Never use Gmail. So just to make sure that you know it is someone that exists, not just a random friend and making sure that the person is actually working at the company X. Uh, and even if they've changed the company, making sure they send it from the company that they're working on and making sure that the accuracy uh, is correct. Those are, those are, they... See, those type of skills that you're talking about, they take, take time to build, right? Like what we do as just, you know, on an ordinary day-to-day -day type of thing. Yeah. Those are skills that we just automatically do, like getting, you know, business uh, references and using business emails and stuff and even business telephone, not a personal phone, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that where people can, where when the company, the client is calling for a reference, if they're doing it themselves, I mean, that you're calling them on a business line so that they, you can verify almost right away that, Hey, it, this is a, is a company phone number. Um, those things are, it, it takes time to develop those skill sets and, um, the, the, uh, you know, the addition of AI now in, 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 uh, in our, uh, uh, in our world, um, you know, the one that people are putting resumes together, um, you know, that detail that that used to be you know used to take time for you to learn um now ai is in there and we don't know if ai is going to go even further uh it determined uh, you know kind of hindering our our um 
our ability to determine which one's a right candidate and which one's a wrong candidate, right? So, so it's 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 a new step in our in our industry in our, in our evolution as a recruitment company. Right? Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we spoke a little bit about AI. Uh, we worked together. That was 2018, 2019. Have you noticed yeah. any changes in terms of technology advances with AI in terms of recruitment? Um, I think. I think the fundamental part of recruitment for arts, our industry, I think will never, won't change. I think on the flip side, like, I mean, you'll have different tools like, uh, you know, check resumes for plagiarism or, you know, copying or if they're fake or not, or something like that. I mean, those things are, uh, there's tools in there and they're improving. Uh-huh. Um, but I think fundamental parts of our work will never change because, um, Sometimes it's a gut feeling to send a resume to a client that you just feel that it might be a good fit. AI, I don't know how much that improvement will happen, right? Like, I don't know how much improvement the AI and any AI tool will give us. Um, but there's like chat GPT and all these other ones out there that, that help people put resumes together or cover letters together or something that they may not have a good handle on the communication side, like a written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now they're using AI to write their resumes and their, their, their cover letters. Um, all of a sudden the cover letter looks perfect. The resume looks perfect. Then you start talking to them and all of a sudden, you know, the bottom falls out, right? Cause now mm-hmm. there's, you know, you're almost looking at two different profiles of the, the, the person that you're talking to and the resume doesn't make sense. Yeah. I would always remember a few months ago, I had a candidate and basically he, he would communicate through emails, like, uh, you know, very regularly, you know, yeah. generic emails, but fine. You know, like sometimes he would even like email, like, okay, I'm available dot send. And then when I made the offer, he made a counter offer through email. The email was perfectly written. It was almost like Shakespeare was writing it. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I know this is chat GPT and this is not like you, but I didn't say anything. Right. So I called him, we spoke, and then I sent again, a new offer through emails. Again, he sent me an email that was so well, beautifully written. And I was like, you know, come on. <laughs> like I saw the history of the email. You were like, okay, available. Thank you. And now you're like, oh, uh, please look at. And like you have at least to be consistent and making sure that uh, it's the same voice. And unfortunately, people don't really understand that because like they think, okay, it's okay. I'm just, it's an exercise. I want to do well, like sending the email or sending the uh, response to the offer. But the thing is, this is all reflective on the future employee that you're going to be. And you don't necessarily want to have an employee that is inconsistent in writing and in speaking. And, you know, it just seems like someone that's going to be on, on Monday, Tuesday is going to be off for the rest of the week. So that's really, really important. AI can be a very powerful tool, but make sure you use it well, I think. Well, I, 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 hundred percent, I agree with you. And this is the problem though, like, um, where you won't have AI to work with when you're actually at a client site Mm -hmm. and when you're, when you're talking to them and you're talking and you're working for them and when you're talking, obviously talking in meetings and you won't have AI to kind of spruce up or fix up any mistakes that you have. Um, 
a lot of our work and technology is a lot of documentation and writing and reports and and yes. and updating um, your your the company that you're working for. Um, and uh, and if you're looking for AI to kind of help you, then you're kind of um, you're going to be um, without a job because you know what you submitted <laughs> initially when they hired you to what you're submitting for reports and your vocabulary and and how you're you're doing your like you know spelling mistakes and sentence structure and all of this stuff they'll catch up so ai is really good to a certain degree uh developers are using it a lot now because now they're getting into developing code mm -hmm. much faster mm -hmm. uh, that requires less remediation um so they're getting a lot more into that side of it i think the non uh, development or non-technical type of roles like project management, business analysis, you know, those type of architect, you know, those type of roles won't be able to utilize AI to, to a certain degree, but developers for sure developing software, definitely, um, AI is doing it better and faster and more structured than a lot of the, the development people are, uh, developers are doing it. And developers, actually, I know one contractor that I have is actually using, he's using the paid version and he's helping, uh, it, it's helping him write code um, when he needs to faster and with less remediation, less fixing, less bugs than, than him writing it himself and then trying to fix the bugs uh, that, that are in there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a powerful tool. It is. In the right hands, great. Wrong hands, not so. hundred percent. Yeah, and they just released actually the GPT four version. It's even better. Um, like uh, we're almost out of time. I want you to ask you about the Edmonton market. Uh, I remember from my time in Vancouver when I was working on Edmonton walls. Most of the clients uh, was the public sector. Uh, so how about now has it changed in the last few years and how's the it job market in edmonton um job market is 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 busy mm -hmm. um and i i imagine it being more busy next year okay uh in 24. Okay. um uh, again our my my main area of, of business uh, that i deal with clients are in the public sector area uh, they were fairly busy uh, Alberta as a whole was busy. Calgary was more busy. Um, but I'd imagine Edmonton picking up, um, a lot of the projects and stuff. Um, they're probably, we're, we're probably going to be more busy next year. Okay. Uh, yeah. So a lot of technology, uh, again, a lot of municipalities are looking into AI. They're looking into different ERP systems, mm -hmm. cloud-based systems, um, a lot of development in that area, a lot of, um, a lot of new technology, emerging technology that they're looking at to help them, um, which is a good thing for our side, our, our field, um, because um, that means um, there's going to be new people that we're going to be talking to about emerging technologies, which kind of enhances our, our, our ability, right? Like our, um, it kind of excites me because some of this technology that's coming out, um, it, uh, it, it, it's ever changing, right? So the world is always changing. You're not looking for the same person over and over again. It's new, new people, uh, data, uh, science has become big, which we never used to have them, you know, five, six years back. 
um, you know, AI, again, like I mentioned, uh, development of, of new applications, I mean, it's huge. Um, this is a very, very broad and very large field. And I think, um, I think we're going to be busy, more busy than we were this year. That's really exciting. I'm very glad to hear that, especially with yeah. all the layoffs that happened. So it's really relieving to hear that Edmonton is doing well. There's a lot of demand. Yeah. IT is busy. Um, so if I understand well, there's going to be jobs a lot in development, in project management, every single aspect of the SDLC. Yeah. Okay. A lot of, uh, lot of, um, a lot of data science type of thing, I think, okay. um, like one of the municipalities we're dealing with, I won't like put names and stuff into this, but uh, one of the municipalities is looking at machine learning already, right? That's an emerging, like it's already out there, but it's, it's an emerging t uh, technology, but one of the municipalities is already looking at it, right? They're already looking at utilizing it for their own, um, where we used to have, like, I remember never years back where, um, where one of the cities, they would wait until windows, um, you know, the, the new version of windows was like a year old, um, before they would implement it into their, 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 uh, infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, municipalities are right. Like as soon as it's released, they're starting to look at like bring it in or, or, uh, or start to test it so that it, you know, they're ready for the, the upgrade, right? Before they used to like wait a year with all the, re you know, revisions and everything that would happen, then they would release it. Um, now it's like really quick. Everything's happening quick. I think he's getting a giant. It, yeah, oh yeah, man. We're, uh, if, if even developers, if they're not le uh, learning, uh, new, new, um, uh, new development, um, uh, languages, Python, Angular, React, all these ones, like if they're, if they're not looking at these things right away, they're probably going to get them. Yep. No, I represent that just across the board. Yep. No, even us, even us, even recruiters, even in every single field, you have to constantly learn new skills, yeah. uh, getting in touch with the latest technologies and making sure you are in the great spots to uh, succeed in your career. So, well, 100%. I mean, as a recruiter, like, I mean, I'm not a technical person by any means, mm -hmm. but we, I've learned so much talking to people and yeah. learned so much talking to different, um, um, you know, uh, different, uh, uh, clients or candidates and, um, and, you know, just reading on, on, uh, on the internet, everything, you know, what, uh, how to do things or, or what, you know, what the, um, um, what the client could be looking for or what the, the person is. You know, there's so many things out there, like so, so many things. And I, and you know, like I have clients asking me, Hey, we don't want anybody that just sits in a corner and just develops anymore. We want people to be interactive with other team members so mm -hmm. that they, we can get the work done faster. Yes. And they need to be able to learn new technologies and new development, um, you know, ways of doing things. Um, they, we need that type of person. Don't send us anybody that just a strict, you know, put them in a corner and they just develop, right? They don't want to see that. Anymore. Yeah. They can also, it didn't matter, right? yeah, it didn't matter, but now they can offshore those uh, skills. So really important if you are there to be able to yeah. work with people. And that's also can be the subject of another conversation, but uh, it's not just about the technicals. It's also about the person because yeah. we are human beings. So. 
Uh, Lac, thank you so much for your time. It's been great having you today and let's keep in touch. Thank you so much, my friend. 